While many women have careers, Peg Bundy has made a career of doing nothing. But what if she woke up one afternoon and had to be a real housewife? <laughs> you're... you're... cooking! <laughs> While Al's breaking his back on the job, can Peg handle the pressures of housework? I see you're making chocolate chips. No, oh, no. That one just fell on the floor. <laughs> Married with Children, Sunday on Fox. It's an institution you can't disparage. Welcome to Real Piece of Sitcom, the show where we're watching every episode of every sitcom one by one in thematic order. Hi, I'm Jake, and I have two rules. I don't eat vegetables, and I don't tap. And I'm David, and I was popular. I played the accordion. <laughs> that was the other one I was really strongly considering, David. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Well, welcome to the first episode of Real Piece of Sitcom, uh, which is going to be a series of mini-series. And today, we're starting what I have dubbed Malcolm's Family Tree. Oh my <laughs> god. We are transitioning from being a Malcolm in the Middle podcast into this new show. So we are going to be covering three shows that are sort of precursors to Malcolm in the Middle, and then three shows that have a direct and stylistic lineage coming out of Malcolm in the Middle. And we're going in chronological order, so we are starting with some Married with Children. Oh boy, are we. <laughs> or as I want to call it ever since I was a kid, love and marriage. <laughs> legitimately struggle to remember which is the title of the song and which is the title of the show that's thank god you finally have something like that like because that i do that all the time uh yeah that's fair <laughs> I, I have a handful of things like that you hauled the show <laughs> true ha <laughs> though to be fair in my defense this show has been a part of my life like since I have memories, <laughs> like, it was never, like, a, like, appointment viewing show in our household growing up, but it was one that we would watch, like, pretty regularly, like, if it was on, and then, like, as reruns. So, like, th 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 this show, like, really has, like, just invaded my brain in a weird way, and then after that, like, I probably haven't watched it since the 90s mm. like it's not even one that i like have gone back to in like high school or college like th th this is the first time i've watched an episode of this show in at least 20 years hmm. uh wh what is your relationship with married with children married with children was always a show other people watched that was just like my relationship to it my dad hated this show that tracks yeah <laughs> just uh between the way the mom acts uh, and uh, Al Bundy, like, my dad absolutely hates him <laughs> and is, I mean, Al Bundy is everything my dad hates about, like, stereotypical male behavior, especially for this time. So, yeah, this was not only not a staple, it wasn't really allowed in my house. So I didn't watch Married with Children, with the exception of a few episodes at your house, until I was probably a teenager. And then by then I was like, this, like, I understood the jokes, but I didn't really 
understand what they were actually trying to do. So I didn't really ever care for it. Uh, yeah, that that's fair enough. I did not suspect this would be one that you had a lot of familiarity with growing up. But uh, let, let's uh, get into the specific episode that we watched. Uh, we watched Season 3, Episode 13, Can't Dance, Don't Ask Me, which originally aired March 18th, 1989, was directed by Gary Cohen and written by Rob Eulin and Gabrielle Topping. Which, uh, the writing credit there is why we watched this specific episode, as Robulin would go on to be, uh, like, one of the pretty consistent writers and a producer on Malcolm in the Middle. And, uh, with all of these choices, I tried to pick episodes that, uh, tied in as directly to Malcolm in the Middle as possible. That's fair. But, uh, <laughs> inadvertently, uh, stumbled into an episode that was very important to a young... Few message, Jake, <laughs> which I had forgotten about entirely. Like even reading the episode description until I watched it. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, getting into the episode summary, uh, this, this, which I feel like is the case for most Married with Children episodes, at least you know, going off of twenty-year-old memories. There weren't really plot lines. There was generally just, like, a singular plot line that kind of involved everyone. And uh, this is no exception. And the episode starts with Peg reading the National Inquisitor with the headline, Smoking can be good for you, says North Carolina Farmer. <laughs> and, of course, she is smoking as she's reading it. Man, you talk about a joke I would not have gotten as a young man. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, this show was not, like, kid-friendly at all. No. <laughs> By design. Well, which is part of why it's, like, it, it went on for a super long time. I think there's, like, 13 seasons? And it's, like, kind of a cult classic now, but, like, never did super well in the ratings. I think because it is, like, such a not-family-oriented show as opposed to things... That were on the air at the same time, like Full House. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, I remember, like, this played in an era where, you know, it was, uh, dinner was moving away from the dinner table onto TV trays in the living room and watching TV while eating dinner. And this is not the show that you put on and, and sit down with the family with. Yeah, and that is part of why I chose this as the... Like, one to start with as well. This is, like, the first Fox sitcom, and it kind of set, like, the template for what the Fox sitcom, like, specifically the Fox, like, family sitcoms would look like, uh, which was this, like, direct critique and sort of poking fun at the, like, you know, Family Matters and Full House and all of those, like, family-centric and also made-for-family sitcoms that were, like, dominating at the time. It was a like, kind of counter-programming. And then I, I feel like The Simpsons is what really, like, took off and made that, like, basically guaranteed to be, like, the general tone for, like, every Fox family sitcom going forward, including Malcolm in the Middle. The idea that uh, people want to watch families that are shitty, not ones that are, you know, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> when one's embarrassed, we all feel good about ourselves. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, getting back into the uh, episode, Al comes down uh, from the stairs 
with some laundry and tells Peg he's uh, glad he caught her on a break. <laughs> that classic married with children sexist humor. And uh, he asks her if she did laundry and she says that she did. Uh, she had to because one of his shirts uh, reached out and grabbed her around the throat and threatened or uh, made her take him to the airport. Which, uh, of course, Al says that uh, if it was that easy, he would have been gone a long time ago. <laughs> and he complains that uh, he doesn't have any pairs of socks. He just has 20 singles. And he says he only has one pair left and he can't wear those. They're the socks he got married in. The evil socks. And uh, when he asks Peg about this, you know, saying that this is clearly a uh, conspiracy by women to steal socks from their husbands, uh, she, like, holds out her hand and says she traded his socks and the family cow for these magic beans. <laughs> and Al asks uh, what she did with the socks. What did Oprah tell you to do? Or was it Geraldo? Which is such an 80s joke. Such an 80s joke. Does, like, do you know how hard I had to think about who the Geraldo was? That took me way too long to get that joke. Just, uh, I did not have that issue because my my dad like is obsessed with cable news, so oh. I'm familiar with Geraldo's Fox News tenure after his talk show. Dude, I forgot Geraldo did anything but Fox. Fair. Uh, he opened a vault once, David. Oh, it was exciting God. stuff. <laughs> then Bud comes in <laughs> with his giant fucking mullet. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 a dirty '80s mullet right there, man. It sure is. That's some Joe Dirt without the irony. Yep. <laughs> he is very excited to uh, tell uh, Peg and Al about his day because uh, the uh, tap dance club went to the ghetto and all the gangs banded together <laughs> to attack them. And at first, no one could figure out why. Then they realized someone had spray-painted, We may be nerds, but at least we're not poor. Or, at least we're not poor. Ha ha. <laughs> On the bus. And Peg says, you know, Oh my god, that's awful. Who would do something like that? And Bud immediately sells his sister out. Saying, I'll, I'll give you a hint. She lives here, she has white hair, and she misspelled... Ha ha, which I really want to know how. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was aha. No. Mm, could be. God. And uh, Bud tells Al, you know, to take it easy on her. I'll go get your belt. <laughs> and he runs off to retrieve a belt. Then Kelly comes in. And uh, Al asks her if, uh, you know, anything happened at school today. And she says, not to her. <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, starts to walk away. And then she, like, stops and says, oh, but a girl who looks exactly like me did get in a little trouble today. So if the principal calls, it's probably just that. <laughs> and see that they're, you know, not buying it. She pivots into flattery, looking at Peg and saying, Wow, Mom, you look fantastic today. And then she looks at Al. <laughs> just cuts to a close-up of Ed O'Neill. Standing there with, like, a very Ed O'Neill face. 
(laughs) (laughs) And she says, and dad, doesn't mom look fantastic today? (laughs) And she suggests that they unplug the phones and play Yahtzee as a family. But then Bud comes back, not with a belt, but with some wire that they can tie her down with. And uh, she asks Bud uh, if he told, and he says, only about the spray paint. I didn't tell them that you came home at 2 a.m. last night. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Then, you know, uh, clearly having been busted, she, like, sits down on the couch next to Peg and complains that the principal has had it out for her ever since she stole her husband. I mean, some chalk. And when Peg... Yes? No, go ahead. It's fine. We'll talk about it later. When uh, Peg asks, you know, what her punishment is, uh, Kelly says that they are forcing her to join the tap club as punishment. And she asks Peg, what would you do, Mom? And Peg immediately says, oh, I'd quit school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But... She says that she needs school. It's like her office. She goes in, she gets her messages, she goes to lunch, she closes a couple deals, and she comes home. Uh, It's it's where she's cool and important and can get a hot meal. (laughs) Then uh, Al tells her that uh, what she did was funny, but wrong, I guess. But funny. (laughs) But that uh, despite that, there are two things the Bundys don't do, which is where my opening line comes from. He says they don't eat vegetables and they don't tap, so he'll go talk to the principal. Such specific rules until you start remembering what was on TV in the 80s, which we'll talk about more later as well. But, like, having thought about some 80s sitcoms in between, like, now and and when he first said that line, I could could see that being a rule. (laughs) (laughs) Then, uh... When we come back uh, from a commercial break, which, boy, are, is, are the transitions in this, like, even more obvious than, like, when we were doing Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> but uh, Marcy, who is uh, the Bundy's neighbor, is uh, sitting at the kitchen table with Peg, showing her the proper way to fold socks. When she shows her an alternative method that uh, her husband, Steve's mom, used. She was an idiot. <laughs> And she says that uh, Steve's mom, when they got married, uh, sewed uh, his name in all of his underwear. (laughs) And Peg says, oh, Al's mom just threw up in the dip. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Al's mom probably was related to us. I mean, (laughs) the Bundys are pretty in line with a lot of our relatives, David. I know, and I don't like it. And uh, she asks why Al has so many socks, and Peg says that he uh, bought them from a used sock store. God. (laughs) Because he was, you know, complaining that she's, uh, you know, lost all of his socks, and she asks if Steve blames her when his socks go missing. But she says that uh, his socks don't go missing because he pins them together before she washes them. Another tip from Mommy. (laughs) Peg says, uh... Yeah, Al had a a tip, or Al's mom had a tip for him on our wedding night, too. Uh, It was, don't eat the dip. (laughs) God. (laughs) Then Kelly comes in from school in her, you know, first day doing tap. And she's wearing, like, a big curly wig, big sunglasses, and a trench coat to hide her identity. And 
uh, when Peg sees her, she asks what happened to her shoes. And Kelly says the same thing that happens to all nerds' possessions. The cool kids took them and threw them in the sewer. Then they said that they wished Kelly was here to see this girl cry. <laughs> yeah. And... Peg asks about, uh, you know, the tap class, and Kelly complains about how it was, you know, nothing but nerds, and they made her dance with that new burger kid, uh, that four-eyed drool factory, uh, and he will, uh, despite not being on camera at all, come back a couple times in this episode, <laughs> and, uh, upon hearing that she's in tap class, Marcy says, uh, that's wonderful, she took tap growing up, and... <laughs> When Kelly says the, the class is nothing but geeks and dweebs, how could she like it? Marcy says, there were no geeks when I was in TAP, while giving a very geeky smile. Uh. <laughs> and uh, Al comes home, and Kelly, like, runs over and asks, you uh, did you talk to the principal? Did you get me off the hook? And Al says, has daddy ever let you down before? And she immediately says, lots of times. <laughs> and he says, then you won't be surprised with my news. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Which is my favorite exchange in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty freaking good. Also... Just spot on for what this show is trying to go for. Yes. <laughs> I I love that they have that sort of like uh, 80s sort of like white knight moment and then turn it into this just immediate failure. <laughs> yes. Which is, yeah, like you said, that's like what this show does well. Like that that's when it's at its best is when it's like, very directly doing exactly what every family sitcom does and then just making it awful. Yeah. Which uh, Al uh, says you know, that, uh, that he forgot how much the principal hates him. <laughs> and he says, and she remembered you too, Peg. She called you the Big Easy. God. <laughs> Which, Jesus. <laughs> right? Like, uh... This show would not have been allowed in my house growing up. Like, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. And he says that, you know, the result of his conversation with the principal is that he's not uh, allowed within 100 yards of the school until Kelly's dance recital. Which Kelly says, I don't have to do a dance recital. And Al says, well, you do now. <laughs> Classic. Making it worse. And he, uh... Goes to uh, try to find some food in the fridge, and when he asks what's in the fridge, Peg says, uh, there's a, a milk carton with a tree growing out of it. Child <laughs> just says, well, then chop it down and cook it up. And then uh, Marcy, like, once again tries to sell Kelly on, you know, how great Tap is. And she says that, you know, she taps, Steve taps, Sammy Davis Jr. taps. <laughs> and uh, Kelly, uh, you know, still trying to get out of it, uh... Tells Peg, you, know, you you need to understand, there's this hot guy at school, a god, the janitor. Which is, what? <laughs> she's worried that if, you know, he sees her tapping, he's going to think that she's a nerd. And then he's going to go with some other slut. Which is another joke that I'm like, man, this show is like... 
I, I remember it being crude at the time, but, like, if this show was on now, I think it would still be, like, in the vein of, like, Always Sunny, of, like, this goes too far for people. Oh, definitely. Let alone in 1989. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, like, I mean, it was one of the first things we talked about, is how did this get made? Because th this would not have passed by any means with most people. Yes. <laughs> just, uh. Like, there, there were other shows that were, like, I don't know, kind of similar. Like, I don't know, it, it's, it's weird because it feels more like a workplace sitcom in some ways. Like, Cheers and stuff like that could get away with jokes like this. Right. But, like, I, I don't know, just, like, taking the, like, family sitcom, like, structure with these kinds of jokes just feels so much more crude. <laughs> In ways, in ways that weirdly hold up. <laughs> it feels weird because it's like, I don't know, like I don't know. It has the it, it has the setup and the style of like you said the family type sitcom and and you know all those other shows that you're used to seeing is being heralded as like the the paragons of of you know family values and stuff and then just proceeds to shit all over it and I kind of like it uh yeah yeah i like after watching this legitimately might watch more of this show again <laughs> like there's definitely stuff that has not held up about it oh yeah but uh but, like a lot of the jokes i was surprised how well they hold up yeah and it's it's definitely one of those you have to be able to understand what they're poking fun like if you just take this show at face value you're gonna hate these characters Yes, 100%. <laughs> but, you know, having now being older and watching this and knowing like what they're poking fun at and kind of what the the joke under the joke is, this was a really enjoyable time that also made you feel really bad, which is my favorite <laughs> type of TV. Uh <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Like, do a little... I looked through, like, a little bit of, like, old promotional material, and I was surprised at, like, how much of it is, like, explicitly, like, describes Al as the misogynistic dad. <laughs> like, okay, like, they... They were aware of what they were doing. I'm, I'm actually glad. And it is also, uh, which, uh, like, going back to the writing crowd, like, aside from Rob Eulin, like, it is... This is, like, one of the first, like, major like sitcoms to have like a lot of women both on the writing staff and directing as well which is weird to think about but also kind of makes sense especially with like how much of the comedy comes from like peg just like shedding all over this misogynistic loser she's married to <laughs> like it's it's definitely not like modern feminism but like i, I can see in the 80s this being like fairly revolutionary in that way fair enough yeah but uh then uh peg assures kelly that there will be other janitors <laughs> yeah but only for 30 days or so and then they gotta get a new one <laughs> well unless there's a mess so big that it takes 30 days to clean up but that couldn't happen 
No, that's that's a myth. Yeah, <laughs> God. And uh, Peg says, you know, uh, she doesn't have a choice. That they're not rich enough to send her to private school. She's not smart enough to pass a high school equivalency test. So unless Al comes up with a genius plan, she's gonna have to go through with this tap dance class. <laughs> and it once again cuts to Ed O'Neill, who's just staring at two unmatching socks with the very much so the like. <laughs> caveman drool face uh dude ed o'neill is so good (laughs) he really is (laughs) which i'm glad i understand now because as a kid i thought this guy sucked (laughs) i i feel like my love for ed o'neill was really like wayne's world is where that started that's fair like his his super dark fucking monologue that he does to camera in that movie is incredible (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i just i always remember thinking this guy just absolutely sucked and then now like as i'm getting older and re-watching stuff like you know obviously the the intention is now very clear so yes (laughs) it's it's awesome going back and watching this stuff now and being like oh oh he's so funny uh, and it is interesting, like, coming off of Malcolm in the Middle and, like, Brian Cranston's performance, like, his physical comedy and that show, which is, like, so, like, uh, like, like cartoony and, like, over the top. Right. And this is, like, also very good physical comedy, but in, like, the opposite direction. He's just so good at looking, like, beaten down by life. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very subdued and, like actualizing the character and becoming this sort of appearing slovenly just like run down dude rather than trying to make it this big explosive over the top thing yes which is interesting because we get some of that later this episode too from a different (laughs) character we sure do but uh we then see steve uh trying to teach kelly how to tap (laughs) and uh, you know, uh, uh, upon seeing this, uh, because, uh, the, the entire family is, like, on the couch watching this. And Peg says that she doesn't want Kelly to have to go through this. Uh, but <laughs> Al tells her to remember the Bundy credo. When one Bundy is embarrassed, the rest of us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> God. Uh, we really are related to these people, and I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> yes, th- this line in particular, I'm like, oh, that's that is exactly what my dad would say in this situation. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> and uh, Bud just says they're all gonna be feeling mighty good come showtime. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like once again, you know, trying to teach Kelly some uh, tap moves. Steve has like a full like tap routine that he like pushes her out of the way to do. <laughs> Clearly, like, getting super into it. And, of course, there's a full uh, freaking tap routine, because, you know, it's the 80s in a sitcom, so you have to have the uh, obligatory tap dancing episode. <laughs> you sure do. And uh, then, uh, like, as he, like, finishes up, he looks over at Kelly, who is taking a knife to her tap shoes. <laughs> and... He, like, tells her to stop and says, you know, you can have a lot of fun with these. 
And he goes into a little monologue saying that, you know, these, these shoes can keep you company when you're not invited out to parties by the cool kids, when you're at home studying alone so you can make something of yourself so that someday you have the nicest car in the neighborhood. Then one day you're looking in the mirror at an attractive guy and everyone still shuns you because of your intelligence. But they'll regret it someday because everyone needs a loan for a car or home eventually. And then they come crawling to you on their bellies. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> whole like revenge fantasy monologue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That gets cut off as he says, That's right, you poppers, crawl for me and kiss my... And then Marcy cuts him off. It is <laughs> wild to me how much of this sentiment, though, like, was kind of the thought process. Because, like, I got told this shit a lot by adults, like, before I hit my real growth spurt and got bigger than everybody. And started being the person who beat up the bullies. Like, when I get bullied, I cannot count the amount of people who have told me, well, just continue like you are in school and you'll be their boss someday. And it's just like, huh. Also, can tell you, does not feel as good as you think it does. Or as they say, <laughs> have been some of my bullies' bosses. Would have rather just not hired them. <laughs> Fair. Look, if you're a shitty person, you're a shitty person. Yeah, that's kind of, like, nerds will inherit the earth kind of sentiment was, like, very omnipresent in the 80s. And usually not. Like, here, it's pretty clearly being played as, like, Steve is an asshole and that's the joke. But, like, there was a lot of this but sincere in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I remember getting told this kind of stuff by adults constantly man and it's just like i don't like i don't think this is good is this really where we're wanting to go like yeah yeah i i mean <laughs> i think a look at modern society kind of shows it's not great <laughs> <laughs> but uh then uh after like his uh little monologue uh, he, he, like, you know, snaps out of it and uh, tells Kelly that, you know, uh, uh, tap can be a really good outlet for people who need it. I didn't need it. I was popular. I played the accordion. <laughs> where your opening line comes from. <laughs> Which is also a hyper-specific 80s thing. <laughs> it is. And it's so out of touch, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of of course Steve was like a, a polka nerd in the 70s that just so tracks yeah Weird Al was probably <laughs> this guy's hero when <laughs> uh, Peg asks Kelly if she's uh you know uh, or uh, Peg asks if Kelly really has to do this and Al points out that if she gets kicked out of school she'll be here all day with you <laughs> <laughs> and Peg immediately says, okay, back to practice. <laughs> then she turns to Al and says, our, our little girl dances like a horse, and everyone just nods. <laughs> God. So mean. <laughs> it is. 
Then we go to the recital. Which, uh, it comes in as the new Burger Boy, who Kelly mentioned before is finishing up his routine, like, walking off stage. <laughs> and Marcy, like, leans forward, uh, like, sitting in the row behind them, and, uh, tells, uh, so, like, says to Peg, Boy, that new Burger Kid doesn't swallow at all, does he? And Peg says, Yeah, and he has some distance. And she, like, pulls out a handkerchief and starts, like, cleaning spit off of Al's face. Oh, dude, that part grossed me out. Like, I hate spit, man. Like, spit and sticky shit. I don't know why. Those are the two things that just, like, like blood, guts, gore, vomit, shit, piss. I can deal with all of it, but fucking spit and, like, sticky shit I, 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 the idea of having someone else spit on your face just no mm -mm. oh I hate it I physically cringed when they did even though I know that he didn't actually get spit on in the face this scene makes me cringe this and every time in movies which I hate when they do it where the lady like will lick the or like spit on the rag to wipe their face or something stop it that's not clean. It's not. Stop it. You're a monster. Uh, noted. <laughs> but, uh, Peg tells Al to, uh, try to talk to Principal, uh, Wicker one more time as she's, like, sitting next to Al. <laughs> Al tries to charm her by looking at her and saying, You look less ugly today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to say, because Peg specifically says to, you know, say something nice. <laughs> and then that's yes. his go-to. That's the nicest thing he can come up with, is you look less ugly today. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, that doesn't charm her. As Principal Wicker, like, looks at him and says that if Kelly isn't great, that she's out like spit from a trumpet. <laughs> Which is a great turn of phrase. And uh, Al once again complains about the uh, sock thing, uh, saying that it's a conspiracy, and he just wants to know what it means. It's clearly some sort of signal. It means something like, we strike in a year. <laughs> but uh, Peg, you know, once again assures him that, uh, you know, he's just being paranoid. Uh, there's not some conspiracy to hide men's socks. And then <laughs> it cuts to, like, a low-angle camera looking at the audience's feet, to show that all of the men have mismatched socks on. Yes. This, this is, like, my favorite... Definitely not my favorite visual moment, but my favorite visual gag from this whole freaking episode, man. Because it's, it's so funny. Because you see, <laughs> like, what Jake described, and then they, like, pan back, and you see all the women just, like, slowly, as the camera pans to them, nodding to each other. Uh, as if to confirm Al's suspicion that one year until the attack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> and uh, Steve is worried about Kelly's routine. He's worried that, you know, she won't follow his exact directions and it'll ruin the whole thing. Then we go backstage where Kelly is practicing her routine, but like <laughs> ending each one <laughs> with uh, like tap, tap, sucks, tap, tap, death. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> and bud comes over to make fun of her asking if her front teeth are starting to protrude isn't that an early sign of geekdom oh. <laughs> and kelly uh you know snaps back <laughs> asking uh 
Uh, why don't you have a date tonight? Couldn't get the wig on, Buck. <laughs> uh, for those unfamiliar with the show, is their dog. Yep. <laughs> then uh, she notices that Bruno the janitor is there. And she, like, hides behind Bud, worried that he'll see her dressed like a dork. And, of course, as soon as she says, you know, if he sees me, I'll die, Bud says, uh, uh, fuck, I just forgot, I just said his name and I forgot it. Uh, Bruno. Yes, he says, uh, hey, Bruno, Kelly's over here. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, walks over and says, oh, I didn't recognize you, Kelly. Why do you look like a nerd? (laughs) And, uh, she plays it off, saying it's, uh, be kind to geek week. And... Uh, they, like, make fun of the new Burger Kid some more. That poor kid. <laughs> the janitor asking if he uh, does lawns on weekends. <sighs> Man, uh, Kelly, you know, a- attempting to uh, both, uh, you know, uh, make it so he doesn't see the routine and, you know, accomplish rather goal of banning this janitor, <laughs> tells him to uh, go out to the parking lot and pick a car for them to take for a ride. <laughs> I'd love to, but that's a probation violation. <laughs> yes. So instead, he'll just stay here and make fun of the nerds with her. But then uh, he does have to go because the, the new burger kid is talking to someone. He has to go mop it up before they drown. And then he puts on some goggles and heads over. <laughs> uh, so rude. Then uh, she like turns to Bud and says, you know... If there's one thing that I've learned in life from being a Bundy, it's that if you're going to uh, lose, lose big. That's what Dad always does. <laughs> <laughs> and Bud says, you know, I hate you, but you're my sister. So if you need help with whatever you have planned, I'll help. And Kelly sees a girl walking by uh, in like a dress and... Uh, <laughs> like grabs her and says hey would you like to keep your hair and walks away with her off screen such a such a such a wild threat like (laughs) i no no i don't want to say it that way i was gonna say i've thought of a lot of ways to threaten somebody but that makes me sound like way worse of a person than i am but like it's just (laughs) not a normal threat that you would go to first true (laughs) Then we go back to the audience where Al is taking a second shot <laughs> at Charming Principal Wilker, saying, you're not really going to make my daughter do this, are you? You know, uh, Think back to when you were a little girl, <laughs> roaming the plains with all the other buffalo, <laughs> scratching your butt on the trees, getting scared by the sound of the iron horse. <laughs> God. <laughs> so mean. So mean. <laughs> He's such an ass. And it's funny, but it's also awful. Yes. Uh, that's the thing is that none of these characters have like any redeeming quality. None of them, no. <laughs> and uh Al turns to Peg and says, Well, I tried, but there's just no charming her. <laughs> <laughs> then Kelly's act starts. And Uh, She comes out on stage wearing that other girl's clothes, and uh, Bud puts on Fever, and she does, like, a sexy hip-hop routine instead of a tap routine, uh, which includes Bruno, who she, like, calls out onto stage. Who then suddenly has dance training? 
yes <laughs> and, and also knows the choreography for this apparently improvised dance well listen there's lots of like improvised swing and hip-hop tournaments and things like that like people do do that kind of stuff but like what are the odds that this janitor on parole is also a dance enthusiast <laughs> uh. <laughs> apparently pretty good apparently <laughs> Uh, which, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, did immediately, like, once I got to this scene, like, trigger, like, going through puberty Jake memories of, like, oh, right, like, I was in love with Christina Applegate because of this particular scene from this episode as a kid. That's fair. It's, it's a very <laughs> provocative dance, and, uh, Christina, Christina Applegate, pretty hot. Uh, and uh, still is. Christina Applegate, if you're listening to that, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, yeah, she's still a very attractive lady. Like, But uh, yeah, I definitely had not seen this before. So we're still on the trend of watching things that you've seen that I have not. Uh, I've definitely never seen this episode before. But uh, I 100% would have had a thing for Christina Applegate had I seen this as a young man. Fair. <laughs> uh, and I I know because for me, instead of Christina Applegate, it was uh, Tara Lipinski because I was forced to watch the Olympics and figure skating championships because that's what my oldest sister was into as a young man about that same age. So, yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, everyone in the audience has a very similar reaction. Yes, <laughs> they do. All of the parents start, like, making out. And one lady, like, in the back is very clearly, like, getting on her knees. And, like, it looks very much like about to give a guy a blowjob. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> that's what they're going for here, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the only people who, you know, don't react this way, of course, are Peg and Al. And Al, like, even gets up and, like, turns to the audience and asks, what are you all doing? That's my little girl up there. She'll see you. Which I do love this sort of idea that, like, Al doesn't understand what's causing people to act this way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he seems, like, legitimately to just not understand. <laughs> Yeah. Just probably the least creepy way to deal with this. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> if they'd have started making out because of it, too, I'd have been really creeped out. Yes, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, even for this show, would have been taking it a step too far. Yeah. But, uh... Principal Wilker is affected by this. It's, as, like, Al sits let back down and, like, holds hands with Fang... Uh, she, like, starts, uh, like, moving her fingers up his shoulder in, like, a seductive way, and then starts, like, necking him. She bit me on the neck. I'm gonna live forever. Then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. very similarly, Bud gets, like, dragged off backstage by one of the nerdy girls. Then, uh, as they finish their routine, Kelly, like, turns to the audience and announces that they're done. And then, uh, like, looks around and says, where did everyone go? And it just cuts to the crowd. And everyone in the crowd is, like, down, like, behind the chairs as they are all, you know, on top of each other in various states of 
undress and disarray. <laughs> and they, like, slowly, with the lights back on, like, get, like, back to their feet and start clapping and cheering for her. Uh, including the principal, who declares Kelly their best student. <laughs> and... As you alluded to, that's where Al turns to Pig and says, Oh god, she bit my neck. I'm gonna live forever. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> and it uh, ends with a uh, shot back on Bruno and Kelly on stage while off screen Bud calls for help. <laughs> Which, of course, everyone ignores. But that wraps this episode up. So let's go to our awards. I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. Awards. And uh, the awards are going to work a little bit differently than they did in uh, Life is Unfair. They're going to be a little bit less consistent. I have kind of a master list that uh, I, I will, like, take from as they are appropriate in whatever we happen to be watching. Uh, but one of them that uh, will be in pretty much every episode is the Can of Laughter Award, the award for the best line. That's a good name. I like that one. Thanks, David. <laughs> You're welcome, Jake. So I had to I had to give it to the exchange that we talked about first with uh, Al and uh, and Kelly. Just the uh, has Daddy ever let you down before? Lots of times. Well, good. Then you won't be surprised by what Daddy has to say. <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's not only in line with this show, but it's just so, like, flippantly and nonchalantly just, like, dismissive. And it's, I don't know why. That just cracks me up. <laughs> That's fair. It, it is very good. Uh, like I said, it's like my favorite exchange, but... uh it wasn't my favorite, like, I, I went with, like, a specific single line that also comes from Al. And it's, when Bud is selling Kelly out, he, you know, gives the hints about who it is. <laughs> Al's response is, oh, no, not what's-her-name. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also just such a good shitty dad line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then, uh, moving along, uh, who did you choose as your favorite character in this episode, David? This one was hard for me because I, I think there's different, definitely different types of characters, it, not only in this show, but especially in this, uh, in this episode that are very evident. I ended up going with who I thought was the funniest, just because I think that that's the, the primary goal of this type of show. And sure. so with that, I gave it to uh, Al, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that that, that makes sense. Uh, I, I definitely considered him, but I actually went with Kelly over him. That's fair. Potentially skewed, again, by the childhood memories <laughs> this episode brought up. <laughs> Look, I get it. Uh, fair. But also, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, I am old now. And this is a young Christina Applegate, so Fair. it felt a little creepy. <laughs> oh, no, totally understandable. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I completely get it. Uh, and she does have a very good character in this. She she really does. I Very good job with, like, the mocking the sort of stereotypical, you know, sitcom daughter role. 
so I I completely understand the choice. Yeah, and th- there's also like not like even now a lot of like female bullies like like this has like real like mean girl energy to it, which, which is always just like a character type that I love. Like, oh yeah, like uh, I love Cordelia and Buffy. I Mean Girls is like one of my favorite movies. Like uh, I I I, wo- I love when female characters get to be awful and. The specific ways that she's awful, like, she is just the female version of Reese from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, no, she's the plastic <laughs> all the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, moving on to our next award, who did you give your Cloris Leachman Award, your award for the best acting? So, I had to give this to Christina Applegate, not only for just the sheer talent in the dance routine, but... The, the, like, all the things we're just talking about, you know, the, the, the mean girls sort of vibe that she gets to have and the, the quick witted responses. And she's very much so, like, got that sort of spoiled teenage daughter mentality and, and even the body language matches it. I, I think she did an excellent job of portraying just that sort of stereotypical spoiled teenage brat. So. That that is fair, and I I do also like the particulars of she's not the like rich valley girl version of that, which I feel like is like what we almost always get with these characters. Like she she is a very specific poor version of Mean Girls that yeah. like rings true in a lot of ways. Oh uh, oh yeah yeah no I grew up next to her. <laughs> Right. (laughs) And I know you know who I'm talking about. 100%. (laughs) That's not who I was thinking about, but now that you say it, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's wild how accurate it is. (laughs) But uh, we we do have a... uh, Sort of a, a flip-flop here, because uh, I went with Ed O'Neill. I, I feel like partially because I already took Kelly as my favorite character, but I, I did also want to highlight, like, the, the stuff that we mentioned, just, like, how how much of the, like, jokes in this show are just cutting to him with, like, a stupid expression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it works every time. It's so good. It is very well done, uh, I will say, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, next up... We have one that'll be uh, much less uh, common, potentially, because we have the Live Studio Audience Award, as the show was filmed in front of a live studio audience. So, David, what was your favorite moment of the audience reacting to something in the episode? So I took this in kind of a different track, okay? because we had a spot where there was an audience in the episode and an audience for the episode. <laughs> And the combination of them while trying to think of it just made me laugh every time. And it is the it's the moment where you start seeing the low camera on the socks and then you start hearing the laughter start to like build up and then you get to it starts zooming in on the women's faces and they all just start nodding and and it I don't know, the just the the manage and the build up of the laughter there. As it then cuts to dead silence as they're trying to, like, get that little ominous sort of feeling 
I don't know. It cracked me up. And it was my favorite reaction from both the in-episode audience and the live studio audience. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I similarly went with uh, the the scene where, you know, uh, Kelly finishes her dance routine and then it, like, cuts to the audience and, like, all of the parents are, like, on the ground because the audience, like, the studio audience, like immediately starts like laughing and they start clapping before like right before the on-screen audience starts yeah. laughing <laughs> like yeah. poor kelly and uh yeah the the, the dichotomy of that uh, also really amused me <laughs> you have an audience reacting to an audience i do i always love that when they do that when it's a live studio audience reacting to like an audience there's a moment that always sticks in my head with freaking full house because uh i don't remember the specific episode but i remember that like jesse's band is playing at something and the studio audience starts applauding before the audience uh yes in the show and i love when stuff like that happens (laughs) (laughs) that is fair uh how do you feel about live studio audiences david the better and the more we upscale stuff, the more I hate them. <laughs> okay. Uh, j- it, it becomes, like, glaringly more and more awful. Uh, and it makes those transitions even more brutal when you're watching stuff now where there aren't commercial breaks, for instance, and stuff like that. And, like, little things like that where now it becomes massively obvious that there's a huge delay between the actors and the audience and like, I don't know. I guess it also just depends. Like for sitcoms, I'm, I'm becoming less and less a fan of it, but it's never bothered me for like SNL and stuff like that. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think SNL is kind of built around that. It, it's much more theatrical, I think, than most sits. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I do not like it for sitcoms. Okay. That, that is fair. It is, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things that really annoys me in a sitcom that I don't like, which, uh, the reason I like thinking about this specifically is that the the new Frasier has a live studio audience, and yeah, when a joke doesn't land, and the audience is, like, laughing, and it's very clearly, like, not genuine laughter, it really (laughs) highlights how bad the jokes are, but, like... When the when they when the, the the thing that I'm watching is like genuinely good, I actually kind of like Okay. Uh, having watched the the original Frasier right before this, like the 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 difference is so clear. Jay, <laughs> between why genuine you just used two bad examples. <laughs> Get well, a good show. I, I used Frasier, which is a good show, and then Frasier, which is a bad show. Very different. No, Jake. <laughs> You're wrong. Frasier's not a good show. I'm sorry. You've been lied to. By who? Myself? Yes. <laughs> oh, look, look, Dave. I need you to understand that even growing up, I was the only one in my house who liked Frasier. <laughs> Frasier and Seinfeld were sit. Those were the sitcoms I had to sneak. Not for any moral reasons, but because my mom would be like, I hate this show. Turn it off. I have bad news for you. You're still the only one in your house who likes Frasier. <laughs> That's not true. Oh. Your wife likes Frasier? 
her mom likes Frasier. Mm, my her wife likes, likes Frasier because I dislike Frasier. I don't think she actually likes Frasier. No, she's watched like a gut amount of Frasier with me. Meh. No, she likes it because I hate it. I don't think so. I think you're like one of the few people in the house who hates Frasier. I don't. I don't think that's true. Well, I think it is. No, all of us sane people hate Frasier. <laughs> I don't think that's. You might be right about that, but I don't think that, that doesn't mean most of the house likes Frasier, David. Wow. <laughs> wow. But uh, moving along to our next award, what did you give your OK Linwood Boomer Creator of Malcolm in the Middle award? Your award for the detailer moment that sets the episode firmly within its time of release, which, Dude, to I... remind everyone, is 1989. I can't believe that you named it that. With it has like a three-part name. You're the worst. This isn't hipster bullshit music. That's my favorite Sufjan Stevens song, Dave. That it sounds like a Sufjan Stevens. That's how you know the award name is bad. Great no. music, bad names. That's how you know it's good. I agree with you musically. I hate you for this. Uh, I thought about throwing a memorial in there, but then I was like, uh, ah, then I'll feel bad if, you know, if Linwood Boomer passes. Right? You're the it's, worst. It's funny now, but it might not be later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, Jake. Uh, anyways, I, I gave it to the fact that there's a tap dance demonstration in the episode. Uh, because that is very required in this time in TV. Everyone was doing it. Full House, Family Matters, uh, freaking uh, The Cosby Show, like, you name it. Any big sitcom worth its salt had tap dance episodes and tap dance demonstration and famous tap dancers, which actually still existed at this time, <laughs> on the show. Like, that was the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I, but admittedly, I hadn't even considered that. It hadn't occurred to me that that was a, like, trope at the time, but it definitely was. It Oh, yeah, it, it immediately triggered memories of all of those shows that I just listed. The minute he started tap dancing and doing, like, the, here's how you actually tap dance. And I was like, oh, man, he's actually good. And then I went, how do I know that that's good tap dance? And then I went, oh, yeah, because I've been around good tap dance most of my life because of dance <laughs> studios and fucking 80s sitcoms. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, I went with the daytime TV references, the, uh, the, the, the you know, jab Al makes about, uh, you know, what, what did Oprah tell you to do? Or was it Geraldo? <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> was, uh, yeah, both obviously, like, Oprah and Geraldo were, like, at the peak of their popularity around this time. And then also just, like, the entire idea of, like, the housewife who just stays at home and watches these, like, terrible daytime talk uh, shows is just such a, like, omnipresent thing in pop culture from my childhood that just does not exist anymore. Like, th those shows still exist, but they're for, like, 80-year-old grandmas now. <laughs> and they're, like, not as personality-driven they're yeah, like exactly. much more like topic driven in weird ways, and f and 
you got to remember, the news is proven. Fear sells. So now all those weird talk show, like daytime shows are like, is your kitty litter giving you cancer? Find out tonight. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, for sure. My, yeah. Like, my, my, my dad has watched a, a decent amount. The Doctors and Dr. Oz. Oh, my God. Ugh. So so many times I had to be like, that, that, the thing they're saying isn't true, Dad. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I know, I don't know anything about this, but this sounds like nonsense. And like five minutes of research is telling me this is nonsense. Please don't buy into this thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, that just leaves one final award. And, uh, that That is the award that people will be able to weigh in on along with us. Uh, because, uh, uh, well, actually, he, here's how I think we should do this. Which I probably okay. should have uh, come up with this beforehand. But... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the uh, dedication to letting me know. I think we should each nominate two characters for this award. Oh, I fucking hate you. But okay. So so that we end up with, you know, four for each episode, regardless of, like, you know, how big the cast is or whatever. Right. So that uh, people can, you know, go to uh, Twitter. Where and we vote. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, David, who do you want to nominate first uh... for the... I, I don't think I said the award. <laughs> you did not. I got, I got... I had an idea and I distracted myself. I'm sorry. Way to go, Jake. <laughs> for... The Real Piece of Shitcom Award. The award for the shittiest character, morally speaking. Well, my first nomination, then, and and my first pick for this, is actually Bruno. Yeah? Yeah. He's the janitor at the high school. He's hitting on Kelly and willing to... There's just a lot of implications there. Plus, there's the parole comment. Plus, there's... I, like... Uh, no. <laughs> yes, Br- Bruno was also going to be <laughs> my choice because Jesus, he's a creep. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but uh, I will nominate Steve as my first selection for that nerd revenge fantasy monologue that he has. Also, for being a bank manager, lender, anything like that. Also, for tap dancing. (laughs) (laughs) His crimes are numerous. Not as severe as Bruno's, (laughs) but numerous. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, uh, who else do you want to nominate for your second nomination, David? Uh, My second would have to be Peg. Okay. Just the uh, reinforcement and uh, willingness to sort of, like... uh, encourage her daughter to have a not so great lifestyle uh yeah fair <laughs> she does encourage her daughter to drop out of high school rather than go to tap dance class yeah <laughs> and encourages her to you know seduce this adult janitor at her high school yeah exactly yes, like that's yes. so creepy and weird yeah not wrong i, I could definitely see that uh, and I will go with Kelly as the final nomination for spray painting the, the message on the uh, tap bus <laughs> uh, for all of the implied bullying that she does. We don't actually see her do very much aside from threaten that one girl. 
But, like, it's very clear that, you know, she's constantly doing these things to, you know, nerds at school. Oh, yeah, she's definitely a big bully. Yeah. A and for uh, misspelling, ha-ha. Yeah, how do you do that? You know, like, I can't spell for shit, but even I'm confused by that <laughs> one. <laughs> it's just two letters twice. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so uh, that wraps up our awards. But we do have one segment remaining. And it's we uh, sure one do, that we're, we're going to have to do some uh, discussion on to, to sort out exactly how we want to do it. But I'm excited to do that live, Dave. <laughs> that one I actually did want to do live. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> because. This is some real behind-the-scenes baseball bullshit. Yeah. Who, who doesn't love that, David? Everybody. <laughs> the number of people. Who, the number of people who enjoy this or the number of people who enjoy people talking about travel on podcasts. Everyone. No. No one likes hearing about travel. So, this last segment is sitcom or shitcom, which is our own little game show that we are yeah. going to be playing. Uh, the way it's going to work is we both have a stack of trivia about the show The Office, a show that we have both seen that we both enjoy. I need to rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> And every episode, we are uh, each going to uh, read, you know, this trivia to each other. We're each going to get one question. And I, I think I, I, the, the, like, actual game that these uh, office trivia things came from, which, by the way, this game is a stretch to call a game. Fair. <laughs> it's, it's these trivia cards and a die. That's the entire game. <laughs> like the, the instructions are on one of the cards and it's like three lines and it's basically read the trivia card uh whoever grabs it first answers and if they write they get a point and that's the game and the die is just like for the types of questions but uh they have it uh at 14 points is when someone wins so i i think we should stick with that okay and we are on a team so okay. if we get 14 right, then we get to cover a good show and a full season of a good show. Okay. <laughs> if we get 14 wrong before we get 14 right, we have to watch a shitty show. A specific shitty show. <laughs> yes. Well, the, 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 the shitty show that I want us to do is Rob, which is... Rob Schneider is... <laughs> It's the first of two failed sitcoms Rob Schneider has made about his own life. <laughs> and I, I I have been looking through shows that I know that we both like, that we would like to talk about, that are sitcoms, that are about the same length. So that's, you know, roughly equivalent reward versus punishment. <laughs> but I think that our show that we get to watch, if we get to 14 correct first is what we do in the shadows. Oh, it's such a good show. Yeah, yeah, this is like, I, I think one of our favorite shows that's like, you know, currently on air. The epi It's 10 episode seasons, so it's, you know, close to the eight episodes of Rob we would have to watch. <laughs> Fair. So, uh, yeah, do, do those terms uh, seem amenable to you, Dave? Yep, let's do it. 
Okay, and one more thing. It's, it's not relevant for this episode, but I do think when we have a guest on, regardless of their relationship to the office, they should be included. I think we should each ask them a question as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, watch have our guests be like people who are like, I fucking hate the office. Well, so on the office. Yes, or who have just never seen it. <laughs> Oh, all right, all right. Okay, then uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, start our first round of sitcom or shitcom. Uh, would you like to go first or second, David? Uh, I don't care. W- why don't you ask first, David? All right, sure, buddy. So, which Pennsylvania county is Scranton located in, as seen on Dwight's Volunteer Sheriff's Deputy Mug? Oh, God, which county? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, what a fuck you question is the first question. Oh man. Uh, I can tell you, I would not have gotten this. That's fucking fair. I'm definitely not getting this. Uh, is it... Uh, I'm gonna guess, because I know they did this a lot, that they named the count... Or no, no, it's, it's a real place. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> Never mind. I can't even do that. I can't even like use my behind the scenes knowledge. Fuck. Ah, uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Obviously, that's Lincoln County. Uh, no, Jake. It's Lackawanna County. <gasps> Damn it! Damn it! Ah, <sighs> oh, okay. That's. That's one incorrect answer. We are one question closer to Rob Schneider. I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go, go ahead and like uh, make sure to remove that one from the uh, pool and set it off to the side somewhere, David. Yep, I did. All right, are you ready for yours? Oh, no, I'm going to fail, but go ahead. Who's Dundee says, bushiest beaver, when it should have said, busiest beaver? Oh, <laughs> God, I can kind of remember the Dundies awards, but they do it twice. Yeah. Uh, they do it a handful. I think they do it more than. Twice. Oh, fuck. Uh, I think there's like three or four. God, is that Angela? It is not. It's... Oh, damn it. Hang on. Before you reveal it. Hang on. Was it Angela or was it Pam? Neither. It was Phyllis. Oh, fuck. Which I will say. I also would have gotten this wrong. I would have guessed Meredith. <laughs> so it sounds, that's the thing. I knew it wasn't Meredith because it's a joke that they would have made about Meredith. That's true. Hers would have intentionally been just fever. Yeah. Exactly. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, forgot I just about knew Phyllis. that. It, yeah. I, I just knew it was like one of the side characters and I immediately thought of her. Yeah, like, that's fair. All right. Well, David, we are 0-2. Ouch. <laughs> 12 more of those we're watching Rob Schneider oh god we're starting out on a losing streak perfect oh god oh no oh dude I just oh my god I just read the top trivia answer on the pile now or not the answer but the the question question. (laughs) I don't even remember them talking about this but and I'm not gonna give it away this will be the one that we use next episode. 
but it has the word anus in it. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see how quickly we have to watch the fucking Rob Schneider show now, David. It's coming pretty quick, Jake. I'm not liking it. It might be the miniseries after this one. We'll it see. It might be. Oh, God. Let's go 14 and 0. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> okay. Well, that. That wraps this uh, first episode of Real Pieces Sitcom up. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter. I need to double check the new Twitter thing. Wow, Jake. <laughs> I almost said the old one instinctively. You almost said that life is unfair. <laughs> well, no, it was unfair underscore podcasting. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but But that's not what it is anymore. I know, you changed the handle on me. I did. By the time people are hearing this, I will have also changed the uh, the logo, probably. It's at Piece of Sitcom, by the way. Okay. <laughs> so Find us on Twitter, where we are at Piece of Sitcom, or by email, where we are lifeisunfairpod at gmail.com, because this used to be a Malcolm in the Middle podcast, and it's too inconvenient to change the email now. <laughs> And fortunately for you, if you enjoy the banter back and forth here, our Twitch channel hasn't changed. So if you head on over to twitch.tv slash lpdeathray, you can join us as we stream video games live, interact with chat, and in general, have a great time. I don't, I don't have a dumb outro bit, Dave. I don't either. I was about to ask you. <laughs> like, we can't say stay caged. Life is unfair, but they've already been told. They have. They have. I guess tune in next time. Don't go far from the clicker. I don't know what other 80s sitcom shit do we have. Uh, <laughs> Make your uh, kid get up and be the remote. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, David. Excellent. <laughs> you can find us in your TV guide. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> okay i'm stopping recording <laughs> yeah yeah i'm done all right bye guys <laughs>